Welcome to the 15 Minutes with a Farmer podcast from Successful Farming. I'm your host, David Ekstrom. One of the things we do that is somewhat unique on our family farm, and we've always done it this way. From the outside, we look like one single farm, but from a financial standpoint, we are three separate farms. Today, I'm talking with Brent Rendell from Miami, Oklahoma. As a former Navy submarine officer and nuclear engineer, Brent takes a science-minded approach to agriculture. In each episode, I have a quick 15-minute conversation with a farmer to hear their story and share the advice we can all learn from them. Yeah, so tell me about yourself a little bit, where you're from, where your farm's at. A farm in far northeast Oklahoma with my mother and my nephew. And so we've got a we've got a family a generational farm, and it's been in our family for over a hundred years. We actually started the farm before Oklahoma was a state. My great grandmother moved along with her family to northeast Oklahoma when she was a girl in a in a wagon, and, and they they moved from basically the Ohio um, area loosely. Uh, and and moved down into southern Kansas and then made their way on down to Oklahoma. To this day, we have no idea why they left that area to come down here to farm because it's it, it's a different world. We've got about four thousand acres that we have that we under cultivation, but we double crop any of our winter crops over to soybeans, so it effectively expands our farm. So we generally in most years will grow about 5,500, maybe push 6,000 acres of, of crops in a given year. Uh, about half of that will be soybeans. And then about a quarter of it will be winter wheat, maybe winter canola. And the other quarter will be corn or uh, grain sorghum in, in bits and pieces. So we Try to keep ourselves diverse, use a lot of crops. We are all dry land farming, uh, which a lot of people, whenever they think Oklahoma and you say the word dry land, they think drought, dust, everything else. Eastern Oklahoma happens to be in sort of a weird corridor where our rains don't always come at the right time of the year. So we do struggle with water on our crops, but we get a lot of rainfall a year. Uh, a typical year will be 42 to 45 inches of rainfall here. It sounds like you have a diverse operation, which keeps things interesting for you. We're always doing something. We don't run any livestock. So that does help give us a little more downtime in the winter than it would otherwise. But still, we're uh, where we're at and with our weather patterns, it works out best for us to plant our corn early. So we're generally trying to get corn seed in the ground by late March. Right after the, the first day of spring is whenever I like to start getting corn seed in the ground. But also due to that same weather pattern, we don't put our soybeans in the ground until the end of May or the beginning of June. That's very deliberate. So we've got kind of a, a window in there that gives us a little bit of a break. But part of that break, too, is is weather related because a lot of our spring rains come pretty heavily in uh, once we start sliding out of April and into May, we start getting a lot of rainfall. So it, it keeps us out of the fields when we would really like, rather be in the fields. Part of your background involves the Navy. 
tell me about that a little bit and how uh, you came back to the farm after being in the Navy for a bit. You know, got out of high school and, and went into college. I went to Oklahoma State University uh, through, started the first two years, we're at a junior college here in my hometown and then on to Oklahoma State University. And I really didn't have an interest in studying agriculture. So I went and became a mechanical engineer. And that was what my degree was in, but I was always good at math and science. And, and it was, I liked doing things, uh, building things, you know, and, and on the farm, you've got a lot of experience where you have to do your own engineering. So that was something I was comfortable with. Uh, I got my bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. And as, as I was approaching graduation, a program was, was presented to me. I could go into the Navy and become a nuclear submarine officer. And so I, I decided, you know, I, I knew I didn't want to be a farmer in Oklahoma. And I knew there were no oceans in Oklahoma. So joining the Navy pretty much guaranteed me that that's what I would, that I would end up going somewhere up in Oklahoma. I, I went in the Navy and was a nuclear submarine officer on active duty for about seven years. Both, uh, both on the submarine and then as a uh, as an instructor for a few years, I got off active duty. But then I stayed in the reserves because I decided that you know a couple of uh, weeks in the summer, uh, although it turns out it's not always in the summer, and then a weekend a month uh, was a pretty good gig just to kind of keep my feet in the door. And, and so I did stay in the reserves and retired out as a, a commander in the Navy reserves. But after I got out of the Navy moved back home and we had a small local manufacturing business. So we did a lot of work just for local businesses where we would do steel fabrication. And so that fell into my engineering. But then the opportunity arose for me to, to buy into the farm. So in 1996, I put my own money on the line. I'd been around the farm my whole life, but not with my own money. But in, in 1996, I was I was a farmer. Who were you farming with back in '96? Uh, I was with my father and brother and uncle and grandfather. At that time, we're we're all still involved. And then my uh, my grandfather retired a few years in and passed away. Then my brother uh, got out of of farming, and uh, and then that just kind of kept going and. Now we're now it's uh, since my father passed, my mother took over his part of the farm. And one of the things we do that is somewhat unique on our family farm, and we've always done it this way: any of the family members involved, we're our own farmer. So I I say, and I do farm with my mother and and nephew, and we are a a, a full team. From the outside, we look like one single farm, but from a financial standpoint, we are three separate farms. We may buy products as as a group and somewhat market our crops as a group, but individually, our money is our money. So my fields are mine and, and decisions that I make don't directly impact my nephew or my mother and, and their farms are the same way. It, it seems somewhat weird to do it that way I, sometimes, but if you don't mix money, there is a lot of peace in, in the family. Yeah, that adds a whole new dynamic when money is involved. And if you think about it, whenever you hear of families, uh, farming families that struggle and have 
problems. You know, they, they may have a lot of reasons for it, but at the end of the day, it almost always, always boils down to money. So if you separate the money, you separate a lot of the problems. Your involvement with the Navy, your mechanical engineering background, you kind of approach farming from like a science-minded perspective. So how, how does that work in your operation? When you're an engineer, the world is about numbers. And they numbers always speak to me. And I've always done that. Uh, you know, whenever I'm out in the field, I'm I'm always breaking down. How many rounds do I have left to go? And, and it's just, just, just kind of a game. And then I'll break down, well, if I'm making one round this many minutes and I have this many rounds to go, then I should finish this field in this long. Nowadays, I've got a, I've got a monitor sitting right there in the cab that I can just push the button and it'll tell me how long I've got left in the field. But that's no fun. You gotta, yeah. You've got to do something while you're out there. Yeah. So, so with that take, I've never been satisfied with other people providing me the answer. I, I kind of want to figure out my own answers and, and farming what works for someone in Missouri or someone in Arkansas may not work for someone in Oklahoma. I mean, we're just, a, and, and I, I live very close to the, the corner of Oklahoma. I can be in Kansas in uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. You're pretty in close. Missouri in 20 minutes. So I, I'm really close to other States and, and other uh, ag departments and, and research, but, but they don't necessarily apply to my farm. Mm -hmm. So I want to do, I have always been involved in my own on-farm research. All farmers are, but I take it to, to kind of a, a really um, stupid level, to put it honestly. Uh, I've joined uh, quite a few years back. I joined a research group out of Kansas. It's called the uh, CARTA is the acronym. It goes by uh, Kansas uh Let's see, Kansas Agriculture Research and Technology Association. Uh, and, and, and it is a group somewhat associated with Kansas State University, but we're our own group. We, we pay dues into it that funds the, the organization. We hold an annual meeting uh, that I'll be going to here next week, as it turns out. And at the meetings, the farmers who have done research through the year get up in front of the room and present our results of what we've done. We put together slides and, and this is not a, a get up in front of the room, say what you did and sit back down. Yeah. This is get up in front of a room of your peers, put up what you've done and they will pick apart what you've done and say what you did wrong and what you did right and how you need to do better next year. This is all about improving and, and getting better at what we do. Uh, and and it's, not, it's not just farmers who get up in front of the room. In fact, we have quite a few invited speakers and we always warn them we're the same group. And we've had postdoctoral researchers get up in front of the room and throw a slide up and they're getting ready to flip to the next slide. And a farmer in the back of the room will say, you didn't calculate what, you know, some, some item on their side, right. You didn't do that right. Uh, everything you were about to tell us isn't valid because of the mistakes that you've made here, here, and here. It, it really is. A, it's a, sounds like an academic report. 
it, it, it's, it is quite a bit. And so we so we warn them before they come in to make sure they 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 check all their figures and, and yeah, facts. cross their T's, dot their eyes. You know, you talked a little bit about how um, your own research benefits you. Like, what has been some facts that people have learned from you over the years? Rather than something necessarily concrete, I think one of the things that I've I've tried to communicate and, and in some cases succeeded in it is don't be afraid to fail. Uh, I have failed more in my research projects than I succeeded. And I don't say that as a, with any mark of shame. That's a sense of pride. If you are not researching and failing, then why are you even doing the research? Because you need to find out what doesn't work so that you can find out what does work. And when you find something that does work, well, you need to try to find something that works better. The other thing is a simple question is easier to answer. Uh, you'll you'll find a lot of times a farmer will, will try to do a project and they'll try to answer three or four things. And, and, and the problem with trying to ask yourself in one year three or four questions is you can't get the, you can't get one answer and things get very confusing very fast one good answer is better than three kind of half answers so you know ask yourself the simple questions but but do your do your work to answer this is just kind of a fun question what kind of hobbies do you have like what do you do in your free time I'm an avid fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Go Chiefs. We're still, as as of the time of this recording, we are still in the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to continue after we go to Buffalo next weekend, but we're going to give it our best shot. So I'm sure, I'm sure you watch it for Taylor Swift. That's probably why you watch this. <laughs> you know what? Um, <laughs> I am sure that uh, the, uh, the, the NFL and the uh, chiefs organization are really really happy that that strange strange event occurred this season thank you for listening in the next episode i talk with austin carlson who is a young producer and soil health technician from garrettson south dakota i'll see you next time for another 15 minutes with a farmer <laughs>